Hello. Welcome to the Flawless Takes podcast. I am Christian Miola. I'm here with my co-host, Azo Landera. Chris, how are you doing today? Christian, it's been so long. I, it has been. It has been a while. I guess we never came back with that like live coverage of the draft we were teasing. Like, that was if, the if plan. you listen, yes. <laughs> but we're very yeah, busy. We it's true. We've got a lot going on, and you know that instant analysis. I think you, as an audience, are better served by like the real experts there. So uh, you know, we we wanted to let things simmer, cool down, and take like that ten thousand foot view. That we're so good at so that's the plan here but what's going on chris are you excited to talk giants are you, you feeling what this new regime did for us uh you know in the draft i mean when we last spoke we, a lot of expectations a lot of options it didn't play out quite like we talked about um what did how did you feel coming away after you know the first draft of the joe shane era well i think definitely a different feel to this draft with joe shane picking um as opposed to our old friend David Gettleman, um, it, it didn't. I it didn't really play out. At least the first ten picks of this draft kind of didn't play out exactly as most people thought it would. But right. I feel like it may have worked to the Giants' advantage here in <clears throat> us getting Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal in the top five. There, like we got two like quote unquote dudes who are like the man at, at their particular position in this draft. Um, later in the draft, it, Joe Shane did a lot of um, trading down and accumulating mm-hmm. more picks because um, the consensus thought in this draft was that rounds three to five was really like the meat um, of this draft where you could get a guy – at the beginning of round three, who is no different than a guy who's at the end of round five. So what he did is mm. like accumulate a lot of those picks there, which yeah. I liked. Um, and we took some, we took some offensive linemen later. We took a tight end later. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're addressing. Um, I mean, we have, we're the giants. We have a lot of stuff to address and <laughs> we, we, it seems that he um, began the process of uh, doing that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I felt like day one just felt like a home run to a certain degree. Like it somehow it, it all of a sudden when the Jets were picking at four, as I was watching, I, you know, if you read a lot of the coverage, it seemed like the Giants had a lot of players they liked from all reports. Like Sauce Gardner was still there at that point, you know, Thibodeau, uh, Neil, of course, but also, uh, you know, all tackles were out there. So like, it just seemed like it had lined up for them really nicely where they could just be strategic. And they, it seems like they were the Thibodeau pick, you know, I wanted, I would have opted if I had to choose between him or Gardner, I would have taken Gardner, but yep. you know, Gardner's gone, but now we have uh, Thibodeau and you know, it's exciting. He has some energy, some swagger. We like that. Um, so I was excited to see that. And then the Evan Neal pick was the one I was, I was most happy about. Because yeah. it's like we talked about it. This is the guy that I think we both agreed seemed like the 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 safe, not the safest, but just like the surest thing at um, tackle. Where it's like he has all the measurables, like all the experience. Like he's played everywhere on the line. Like he's just a super stud. Like he's huge. You know, he wasn't challenged. Oh, he wants to yeah. play football. Like there's, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, when he came out there in, their suit, in that suit, like we talked about, like, this is a giant man. Like he weighs 340 pounds yeah. and like, but he doesn't look like it. Like somehow he carries it so well. It's insane. So I think we got a good one there. So that was very exciting. I came out of day one being like, even though I, I had wanted a, a trade down, it became very clear from the trades that were happening in the first round that the market was very weak. The return on those were not that great. So they, they just stuck with the, you know, good value picks at premium positions at the top of the first round. And, you know, you, ha- you know, these are foundational pieces. So you have to be happy about that. Yeah. I mean, and, and we, in, in our last podcast, I remember us going over kind of the different scenarios. Um, if we trade down, if we don't. And I feel like w- w- with us coming out with Thibodeau and Neil, like that would have been one of the better scenarios that we talked about, you know, like we, mm-hmm. you know, get the best pass rusher in the draft and, probably the best offensive lineman in the draft, you know, like that <laughs> and go from there, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's not a bad start. No, it, it, it worked out really well. And, you know, they got a lot of, uh, you know, good coverage on it. Everyone's hot on that first round. You know, it's, it seems easy because you have the fifth and seventh pick, but we've seen these sort of picks be screwed up before and, and who knows, you hate to prognosticate, but they didn't do anything wonky or weird, which is what the right. giants have done over the last, you know, 10 years of first round draft picks. If you look back, there's like a lot of, a lot of screwy picks. And these just seem like on the money, you know, right down the middle. Like, yes, you know, everyone's pretty much on board. Right. Yep. All right. So the second round pick, I think is a little bit more controversial. Wayne Dell Robinson. Um, So what was your impression? I I know you love your your wide receiver small. So what was your impression of the the Wayne Dale Robinson? So, yeah, this this pick, I I really felt like the instant reaction from Giants fans was like kind of like a huh? And like and definitely not the same excitement that we had from the first two picks. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the way I was looking at it was like, this is a guy who, first of all, we have needs at every position, like going going into this season our wide receiver room, like, are you really, like, super confident in it? Like, I, th- I think most people would rank it, like, as one of the lower ones in the league. Uh, uh, Tony, a huge question mark. We're trotting out. Sterling Shepard yeah. for his 19th season. Uh, yeah. it's, there's just not a lot to get excited about there. So, yeah. I, although a lot of people were not really locked in on wide receiver uh, with this pick, this guy put up monster numbers playing for the university of Kentucky with a no name guy throwing him the ball. He, this, he, he's not someone who's like playing at Alabama, but beating mm-hmm. everyone 70 to three. And, you know, he's just like high stepping from midfield to the end zone. Like he has, you know, his, his quickness is unbelievable. Um, and yeah, he can, he can get open in, in small spaces, which is what you want. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the pick, and I think he's going to be a good player for us. Important to note on this pick, the Giants did trade back twice at this point, like we referenced earlier. They added a fourth-round pick and a fifth-rounder from Atlanta and the Jets. So, right. you know, that's part of the talk when you talk about that second round. I You know, my take, I don't want to go too long on this, but, um, yeah, he's too small. And I know, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's okay to be small these days, but, um, you know – Typically, if you, if you look at the history of guys in his size profile, there's, even in the last five years, it's not great. So, um, yeah, anyway, so we'll see. 
maybe they've so got what, what, what would what would have been your better option uh for, I, for I, you picking at here at number 43 i i couldn't tell you like honestly like maybe i didn't i'm not saying like specific weeks. name but like yeah like position or yeah i i mean i think you could have done some secondary stuff here potentially um if i if i'm looking for um a place where apparently there's a lot of strength in the draft in this area, they would have probably not been able to trade down with some of the guys that, you know, came up for them, but they were, you know, taken in the late thirties sort of guys. Right. Uh, so I don't know. Um, but I mean, we, we did, we did address cornerback shortly, which, which we're about to talk about, I guess. Yeah. 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 So um, round three, they drafted uh, guard Joshua Azedwa. I can't claim to know much. I like the concept, you know, uh, let's get a guard and, you know, build off that. It's good to have depth at, you know, the line. We see that every year. Yeah. So can't. I mean, I think it, it. his calling cards are, he's like pretty quick and, and, and fast for, for a guard. Um, I, I guess it's exciting because Shane Lemieux really looks like the weak link mm-hmm. uh, at guard heading into the season. And this is a guy that could perhaps beat him out for that spot. So yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the sort of competition you want. Like Lemieux's yeah. been a guy Giants fans have looked for for a few years, like with some expectation, has never really shown it. So um, yeah, let's let's bring in somebody new. Yeah, and uh, you know that competition can only help. Next round, uh, round three eighty one overall, Cordell Flott. This is probably what you're referencing before the cornerback from LSU. Um, again, I. I have to say, I know everything about the NFL. Not really, but I don't know much about <laughs> college football. Give me your Cordell take here. Do you do you have an opinion on this guy? Um, I, I I'm I'm actually not. I, I don't have as strong an opinion as I do on on, on Wandell. Um, he's his, his style is he's so he he's a little undersized. He's six one one seventy five, but he plays very physical and he's a good tackler. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Apparently, what, what what I've read is like in Wink Martindale's defense, this is like the type of guys that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, his his negatives were he gambled a lot in college and and got beat. So um, you hope that that's something with better coaching that you you can you know take out of the player. Um, but you know, hey, you you like guys who can hit, right? This is the NFL, mm-hmm. so that's that seems to be what this guy does. Yeah, yeah. So, but. Uh, value position, big SEC program, you know, those are good indicators for me always. Um, At round four, they took a tight end, Daniel Bellinger from uh, San Diego State. Um, So we need a tight end. Like, this is a big empty Mm -hmm. spot for the Giants right now. So, um, you know, he's a fourth rounder. I don't know what you expect from somebody like that in their rookie year. Um, but it's definitely good to add to to that tight end room. Uh, not a lot of production in college. No. Um, but, you know, apparently he, he did well in the combine. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, again, I think it's the right place for a player like that. Um, absolutely what you'd expect. Uh, so, I don't know. You want to just go through the next few quickly and you tell me if you have any impressions or observations yeah. on any of these guys? Okay, so so, uh, so the the next pick following um, following Bellinger at at, at um, round four number one twelve, um, we we picked two picks later round four number one fourteen a safety out of Iowa, mm-hmm. Dane Belton, 
who um, actually I saw play this year because he played against my alma mater, uh, Maryland, when they were beating the living daylights out of us by like 50 points. Um, he probably didn't even play the second half. They were up so much. But um, this, for whatever reason, the pro football focus people and other, you know, the professionals of the you know, forecasting player industry mm-hmm. are like in love with this guy. And a lot of them are considering him our best pick. Um, so, again, like, and, and they're also pointing to like, oh, Martindale's going to love this guy because he can, he's versatile and can play all over the field. Um, he played. He played as a slot defender for Iowa, but he also played outside linebacker um, mm. in in like a game or two. So I guess you can you can bring him up to the line of scrimmage. He's not afraid to hit people. Uh, so yeah, I mean, safety. I would say like not. It's it's not a position of need the way cornerback is, but I mean, as if, if he's the if he's the our backup option um, at at those positions behind McKinney. I, I'd say um, we did pretty well there, or or the the experts seem to think we did pretty well. Yeah, and it, it just seems now with the way defenses work and the way offenses work, really, like having a a number of different players in your secondary that have different skill sets to match up against different you know types of players and different type of offenses is key, and he seems to bring a lot in the versatility department. I don't know if we're going to get into James Bradbury. Like James Bradbury is a good, what I'm trying to get at is like James Bradbury. Like we gave him a lot of shit last year. He's a good player, but like, he's good at like a very specific thing in a very specific Specific style. And, and you know, he's very smart and heady in these zone packages. But if you get him vertical versus your fastest guy, like it doesn't end well for him. So like he's limited, right? So like, but you can live with that as long as you can supplement him with the guy that can run with their fastest guy. So you need to be able to do, you know, different things. And that's what I read about Dane Belton. So I'm glad you brought him up. He was definitely, like you said, the the smart guy football world really liked this guy. He had a lot of pre-draft hype from that. If you listen to like 90 minute podcasts by guys, you know, who don't see the light of day uh, as I do sometimes, <laughs> they, they love this guy. So. Good one. Any others stand out to you from the later drifts? The nice thing is they got a lot of players is what I would say. Like they yeah, had a lot of picks. 11 and, guys. So it's yeah. a lot to choose from here. I mean, uh, obviously not all of them are making the team. Um, mm-hmm. I saw we took another guard from North Carolina, I guess. Yeah. We really like that offensive line. Us, or yeah. we have a very high opinion of how Mac Brown coaches up the old line, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the last, um, after Dane Belton, you're really looking at like guys just hoping that they can make the team, make an impact on special teams, maybe be a backup uh, player, you know, best case scenario. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We took uh, Micah McFadden, an inside linebacker from Indiana, DJ Davidson, a defensive tackle from Arizona State, the guard Marcus McKeithen from Carolina, and our last pick was another linebacker from Cincinnati, Darian Beavers, who – um. Yeah, apparently he's like a pass rush specialist guy. But I mean, when you're going that, when you're going that late in the draft, I I, I don't know if that. Yeah, he was a pass rush specialist in college. I don't know if that translates to the NFL. And maybe you know, can you run down and tackle the punt returner? Is is going to be your main 
mission. Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll check back in on the Giants draft class as we we move forward into you know the summer and, and the camps and so forth. Um, but another thing happened with the Giants, which is the uh, the schedule came out Ooh. a couple weeks back. So I thought we'd just uh, take a, a quick peek at that. Um, I'll just run through it quickly. I'm, I'm sure everyone's read it, but just to refresh your memories, or uh, you can follow along at home on your phones here. So uh, opening up with the Titans uh, in Tennessee, week two, Carolina, uh, Dallas, and Chicago. So I, I'm going to talk about these in like fours, right? So that's your opening four, one division game, uh, one AFC game, um, you know, the first week on the road, then the next three are at home. Three are home games, right? Yeah. So just, you know, I'm not going to do the, the old Mad Dog, uh, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog routine of, of doing wins and no, losses. we don't do that. We're, we're above that. We're way above that. We are a classy podcast. But, you know, I, I would just say it, it's like, you know, some hard games and then, you know, a mix. So you want to come out of that like, you know, two and two, you know, if you're trying to be successful. Yeah. Then they're at Green Bay. Baltimore. That's a tough little two game stretch. The at Green Bay game is actually in England in England at the um, Spurs, Spurs. at yeah. the Spurs Stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spurs. Yep. So uh, and then then Baltimore always tough. That's at home. Uh, road trip to Jacksonville and Seattle. Those should be two. You know, that's sort of a, a weak spot in the schedule. Then you get the week nine bye. Um, which is real nice, right in the middle of uh, of the season. There, yep. uh, Tex- Texans at home, Detroit at home. Again, they, that's a pretty soft spot. Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, yeah. Detroit. Not bad. Uh, then we get into the real division stuff. Starting week twelve at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, America's Ooh. holiday, America's team. Um, what was your impression of this? What's what's your thought on? Uh, the Giants playing on Thanksgiving. Well, I've been waiting Dallas. for a long time for the Giants playing on Thanksgiving. I think the last time the Giants played on Thanksgiving, Jason Garrett was involved in the game. So yes. it's been a very long time. I, I want to I want to say that was like nineteen ninety three, maybe. Yeah. It's like early mid nineties. Um, but I don't know. I just um I'm tired of watching the the Lions and the Cowboys every Thanksgiving. You know, not, and now I have like a rooting interest. We, we have a rooting interest on Thanksgiving and, you know, I don't know, add, add a little juice to the holiday. I, I like it. I'm excited for it. I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the reason it doesn't happen is because, John, if you look historically. Well, it's because we're not season, good. <laughs> well, well, yeah. It, but, like, the, the, uh, the, but the regular season um, Giants-Cowboys games, like, always are amongst the most highly watched yes. football games. Yes. They're always in prime time, or, you know, they, they, they're, like, ratings getter. So like, and, and it seemed like for a decade straight that we, we opened at Dallas on, like, yeah. the, on the Sunday yeah. night football game yeah. every season. So. Yeah, yep. <laughs> absolutely. And there were always shootouts, and I feel like we, we won some, lost some, but it was it was always just like a stressful way to yes. open the season 38-34 at <laughs> Dallas, you know. So, um, all right. So then the Washington Commanders, which I just want to say, the more I see it, the less I like it. I don't like the W they're using these days. No. Um, it has sort of like a fascist feel to it, something <laughs> that is off. Um, they should have just stuck with the Washington football team, which I think everyone yeah. grew to like. And you could have gone like a different route with that. And I think that would have been cool. 
Yep. Like, it's just as easy to say Washington as it is to say Commanders. So, yep. like, I don't know. Washington anyway. football team had a, had a nice, like, kind of throwback yeah. um, kind of feel to it, like like the name of a football team in the 1920s, you know, before, yeah, yeah. before and, the days and almost of the Super Bowl. Like I, I also think of, like, a European, like, soccer or, team. The, yeah, maybe, that's another way. Right? right? You know, like the, you know, Barcelona Football Club, right? You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, Washington. I don't know. I, we'll we'll talk more about them yeah. as we get into a season preview. Philly. So we're deep into the division schedule, of course. Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Philly. Like that's that's the, the end run there. That's pretty challenging, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think they are probably the third or fourth best team in the division, depending on how some things break. Um, but you know that middle part is. I guess all in all, if I have to project what this means, I think the Giants are going to win some games this year. It's not going to be as despondent as it's been. I think they're going to be better and better coached, hopefully. Um, Not the hardest schedule, not the easiest. I don't think it matters at the end of the day. It's not like this is a team built for the, for the now. So any, uh, any other schedule highlights here? Um, not really. I mean, it's just, it's very, the division games are very backloaded at the end of the season. Um, I, I think looking overall at the schedule, if you have a good team and you had the mm-hmm. schedule, you'd be licking your chops. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's, it's not a particularly difficult schedule. It's, I, I mean, and which speaks to where we finished last season because yeah. playing the Texans, the Lions, the Jaguars, you know, like the Bears, like, teams yeah. of our ilk well i mean the panther like the the first four games like honestly like dallas is better than us and the titans right. are better than us but i'm not the really titans, I, the titans the are titans better are, than us but they're I'm not, diminished i'm, I'm not they're scared not, of the titans exactly know? and i think they're going to be worse this year than they've been the past couple years yeah and even when they were good i like don't trust it for some reason um and then dallas same thing is not their roster is not as good as it was a year ago because of yeah. Salary stuff, they've had to shed guys, that, you know, giving guys away 50 cents on the dollar. Like, they're not as good. Chicago's bad. They have this Green Bay, Baltimore, those are losses. I mean, the, then, the, the Panthers and the Bears are both bad, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, they're they're worse than us. And those are yeah. two of our first four games, so. Exactly. I mean, Jacksonville will be worse than us. Seattle will be worse than us. Houston yeah. will be worse than us. Detroit will, should be yeah, worse than us. Right. Like, these, we are playing the other bad teams this year, so. You know, we're we're probably going to win some of those games. So, I mean, hopefully. And, like, I'm not going to go into this season. I'm just putting down a marker. Like, I'm just rooting all out for them to be better, even if it's, like, to our detriment. Like, I just want to see competent football. Just give, so us, just give us a ray of hope, you know? Yeah. That, just, that this just, new regime is, is, is going to take us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think, like, bigger than the win-loss record is really – is sorting out the quarterback position, right? Is like, is, is Daniel Jones going to show us anything or is he just a lame duck? Yeah. Right. It's really interesting because I, I, I would hope he, he's able to be successful, you know, in a better situation. Like he will have a better situation. I'm pretty confident of that. Like the offensive line will be better this year. Um, I think the, Offensive play calling and play design should be better this year. Like, so just by that, you would hope that he has Saquon a is now a full year removed from right. the injury. 
another exactly game. exactly yeah. like things are are there they, they i mean you said they have one of the worst wide receiving cores there are guys that like i don't know what galladay is like that's gonna be a huge that, question mark yeah, like, I, 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 I have no idea what that is I like mean, so do they does this new regime like know what to do with him because clearly the other guys did not nope. um so i don't know we'll see uh it's gonna be interesting a lot to talk about a lot of intrigue a lot to learn um, as we go through this first cycle with this new group. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. Yeah, should be good. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about something that's been on my heart and in my mind for uh, the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about Liverpool Football Club, and uh, we're going to have some fun. All right, talk to you in a moment. All right, and we're back. Flawless Takes Podcast. All right, so we didn't want to talk about – we want to talk a little soccer today, but we did not want to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Not enough going on. We'll come back after this, this next row of friendlies. But um, there's a huge – I mean, huge soccer game going on uh, this weekend. Champions League final. My beloved Liverpool coming off a emotional, stressful – Premier League season that ended in disappointment, finishing second despite being on 92 points. And, uh, you know, they finished second by a point to City for the second time in four years. Very tough pill to swallow. Um, But now here they get a chance at redemption. So Champions League final in Paris, Real Madrid, the team that uh, actually beat them in their first trip to the the Champions League final under uh, Jurgen Klopp. This will be the third. They won the second, of course, against Spurs a few years back. Um, so against Madrid, they lost to Madrid a few years ago. You'll all remember Salah uh, getting, you know, yeah. bullied and uh, knocked out. I, of I don't the know what that building. move is. Drag tackled. I, I don't know what that move was. It looked like a UFC move move but anyway Sergio Ramos unfortunately no longer with Real Madrid yeah unbelievable I thought he was gonna live forever but yeah yeah, (laughs) also also ruined Egypt's World Cup that year like that was really shitty like very very disappointing but um anyway so they get another shot at Real Madrid there here they're better than Real Madrid this year like just straight up I think they are but um Real Madrid also is just like has Benzema and you know, a bunch of world-class players and can just, like, do crazy things for 20 minutes at a time. So, who knows, you know? And a manager who's managed, like, big games all over the world as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Experienced manager. So, it's, you know, these games, these finals like this on this stage, you know, it's cliche, but, like, it they're really unique environments. They're, you have to think of them as, like, Super Bowls. You know how Super Bowls get wonky right. and, like, weird and, like, don't have the same tempo and pace as a, of a conventional Sunday 1 p.m. football game in the regular season. They feel different. Like, yeah, you get that here. You get weird spells of, like, sort of draggy play. They're usually more low goals come out of premium in these finals, right? Like, they're usually low scoring. They're not free-flowing. Everyone's tight. Um, no one wants to make a mistake. And, you know, so you never know what's going to happen. So, But I, I would really – I would really want, I, I really want this win because yeah. 
this Klopp run under Liverpool that's going on six years now, which has been an incredible run. Um, you know, it's been one of, of all the sports teams I love and Liverpool, like, you know, they're, a, I, they, I came to them late in life, but now it's been like 17 years I've been following them. So it, they're adding up like this team has given me so much happiness and I feel like they're under, even though they're, they're well-regarded, like in real hardware, like they're, they have not, gotten their just deserved they have one champ they have one champions league title in their clap they have one english premier league title in their clap which is great huge success they won the fa cup this year they won the english cup this year huge success but but you want to stack trophies in that cabinet it, it feels like the quality of this team right and what this team's accomplished how many big games they've been in and won the runs in the premier league where they they have to win like 12 weeks in a row just to keep pace with city and stuff like, and they do it. It's fucking crazy. And, but like, it hasn't netted what that performance should. And it really comes down to the premier league at the end of the day, the champions league will definitely soothe it. And you want to stack that trophy to add to the legacy. But the, the premier league is the thing that like, I think I want more than anything. So this week's loss um, was tough because when they won the Premier League a couple years ago, which was great, it was so wonky, though, if you remember. This is the COVID year. It's 2020. They they lose in the Champions League to Atletico Madrid in the quarterfinals, and, like, that felt shitty. And then they also had a bad spell in the Premier League where they were, like, kind of, like, giving up points and, you know, had some losses, and it just, like, They felt like they were crumbling. Then COVID happens. The season goes on immediate hold for two and a half months. Then they come back, finish out the Premier League season, and sort of limp home to the championship that they were already up by so many points. But it just felt so weird, right? Like they're finishing the Premier League season in empty stadiums in July. The empty empty stadiums is is what really makes that – you want you want to win a big trophy in front of yeah. a packed house with the fans going nuts, you know? Yeah. It's just a different feeling. Yeah, and, and it, it felt like it was right there this past Sunday, and not to go back to it, but, like, yeah. I mean, if you follow along, I don't, I don't want to, you know. What, you what a championship Sunday that was, by the way, between I'm, Liverpool and City jousting back and forth and Burnley and Leeds fighting for survival in the relegation scrap. Like, it was – it was fantastic two hours. It, it always, there is always drama. It seems like, yeah. like more often than not. And like, you would think with that format that it, you could lose that, but usually there's a lot to play for. Um, so especially when you have two dominant teams at the top for like the last half decade. So that helps, but um, it was tough. You know, they Liverpool felt flat. It was, they didn't have Salah in to begin which I, I didn't like him, but I, I know how many, they've had so many games. It's crazy how many games Liverpool has yeah, played the I last know. two months. It's like they're playing three times a week, it feels like. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, so, it was wild looking at the starting lineup without, with Salah and Van Dyke both not in it. Yes. Playing for the Premier League without your best striker and your best defender. Yeah. I, I mean, nuts. it is nuts. But, hey, they won the game 3-1, uh, right? Man. That's why yeah, they, they did. But like just the way it all went down where like City is losing yeah. two nothing in the second half. And it was then, painful. And then City does one of those things where it's like, Okay, we're gonna just score three goals in fifteen minutes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, 
they can do that sometimes. I really um, think it was 15. I think it was like 10. Yeah, Ridiculous. crazy. And and the air just like let out of the Anfield. And even though yeah. they got the goals, it just like there was no joy to it. And, you know, the commentator made the comment like, man, it, you wonder if like Liverpool had scored 15 minutes earlier before City went on the run. Does that somehow take the wind out of their sails via – you know, like the the change in atmosphere or whatever. I, I, I don't know how much I buy into that sort of thing, but it just def, it definitely felt like they were just going down one nothing at the beginning of that game. I was like, oh, this, this day is not going to be good. I just felt it. <laughs> and it was just like, it never felt right. So very disappointing, but I will feel better on uh, Saturday if, if we can win. Uh, it's, it's getting towards the end for a lot of the guys who have been core to this. So this, you know, Klopp extended his contract two years. He's been pointed to 2024. They extended him to 2026. I don't think he's going to do this forever. Let's just get what we can out of him. But right. they're definitely in that that phase of, like, they need to turn over some iconic players in order to, like, keep this moving forward. Right. Specifically, Firmino's gone. And Mane is probably not too far behind, honestly. Wow, which is um, that, that's nuts to say Mane might need to be on the way out. I, I'm just saying, like, not, you know, he, he I mean, might Firmino, get another. Yeah, Firmino can, can hardly get in the team anymore these days. Yeah, yeah, Firmino. But, like, Bobby Firmino was so central to those, like, first four years he was, of the clock. Right. Like, he was I part mean, of the triumvirate with Mane yeah. and Salah. Mm-hmm. And now you have Jota. Luis Diaz, like yeah. um, Minamino's, you know, they have like these guys coming up. Tiago is incredible. Yeah. Tiago is incredible, but he he's doing a, a he different a, thing. Yeah, I he, mean, he's, he's the, the way he like, he's a wizard. The way he can like spin those passes yeah. like around defenders and like into a guy like running full speed, it's fucking yeah. insane. Um, anyway, but I really love this team. I really just want them to. Get it all because, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's been I, I great. think what it is, it's like with the managers in soccer, it's they're, they're just there and gone so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have something so special with Klopp, and you just want to accumulate as many trophies as you can while he's there. While you know, mm-hmm. because once he's gone, the next guy is not going to be him. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it, it's. It can't be like this is special. Like this is a yeah. special team. Like yeah. I, I'm even I'm so removed from it. I'm an American in New Jersey who you know picked up Liverpool after watching them win the Champions League in 2005. You know, like mm-hmm. yep. uh, big deal. But like people who like are like lifelong fans. Like this is a team they'll tell their grandkids about. Right. Like this is yeah. like you know one of those things. So um, yeah, I just think uh, they're great, and uh, I think everyone should root for them. So win. how are you feeling heading into this to this weekend? I think they're going to fucking roll Real really? Madrid. Really? Yeah. I don't like I mean I what does it matter? Like I I think they're going to come out on fire honestly. So I think I think the Premier League has been like so tight and like and they have they've been spread so thin to come into this like where it's like fuck it it doesn't matter this is the only game now and yeah. this is the only game for a while we are going to fucking go a hundred miles an hour and like take it all out on these guys. That's what I think is going to happen, but you know, we'll see. Famous. I'm a little words. nervous for them. I'm not going to lie. Mm, I don't know. 
We'll see. I, 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 I just feel like Real Madrid is like riding this Benzema train. And I believe me, oh. 100%, I, Liverpool is the better team. I just have like a weird feeling that like it's not going to be their day. But I mean, yeah, this I mean, is the, the finals are like Benzema. Like Benzema is one of those players that we talk about Lewandowski. Like there's certain guys who like are made for these games. And yeah, he scares me. That's what I was saying. Oh, he scares the shit out of me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I respect the hell out of those dudes. I mean, so we'll, we'll see though. Well, I, it I, should be a good game. It will be good. Enjoy it. Saturday, three o'clock. Get away from oh, your family yeah. on the middle of a holiday weekend. Get and some drinks. Ignore them. And, uh, you know, you, your wife's telling you, go outside, play with the kids, say no. Liverpool's on. You put on your first jersey, and away you go. So, anyway, <laughs> I just went too long on Liverpool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just going to leave it there. All right? So, uh, watch the game, and uh, we'll talk again soon, folks. Have a good night.